On today's show, we're looking back at Tuesday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you're also checking out whatever your favorite team is. Maybe it's... Maybe it's the Denver Nuggets. Maybe it's the Dallas Mavericks. Locked on Nuggets, locked on Mavericks. We've got podcasts to cover whatever your team is. All right. Got five games that we're going to talk about today. Let's get into some of the other stuff that we talk about first to start off these shows. And we'll go straight into the news. And a couple of interesting injury updates. Karis Levert, he's not back, but he's close to back. He's questionable. We did the injury update show earlier today. And I said, yeah, week three, I expect him back. He's ba- He might be back already. So... How that impacts Brogdon, Duarte in particular, is going to be really intriguing. But good news that Karis LeVert might be back. Well, I said I thought Norman Powell might miss a couple of weeks. He's questionable after missing one game. So the stream value of Nasir Little, the hold value of Anthony Simons obviously gets reduced if um, Storm and Norman does return. Out of the blue, though, Isaac Okoro has been listed doubtful with a hamstring injury. That probably does give a boost to Colin Sexton's value and helps Larry Markin and Enrique Rubio, while Marcus Morris is out again with that knee soreness. So... Um, yeah, the, the worry you have with Morris is this has been a, a, an issue for years with his knee, um, ongoing for a few years now, and that's uh, definitely a level of concern. Now, what I like to do at this point of the show is look who the most traded player is over the last 24 hours. Yesterday, the most traded player was Ben Simmons. I didn't want to do him two days in a row, so I went for the number two player. That was Shea Gildas-Alexander. Today, the number one traded player was Shea Gildas-Alexander. So let's go to the number two player in terms of trades, and it is Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, um, yeah, he had a really good game. We'll talk about that later against the Spurs, but he's the most traded player. And here are some trades that actually happened, and I didn't pick the, anything that was completely ludicrous because they, these are all over the place. Like, Westbrook was traded straight up for Colin Sexton. All right? Westbrook was also traded straight up for Fred Van Vliet. Now, I would probably prefer Westbrook to Sexton, almost definitely, and I would definitely prefer Van Vliet to Westbrook. It just goes to show that his value is literally all over the map. He was traded with Trey Young, so as a throw-in, basically, for James Harden. That's really intriguing to me as well. Like, how how little are you valuing Westbrook that he becomes, becomes a, a throw-in in a deal for Harden? Because that's really what he is there. He was also traded with Kristaps Porzingis for Paul George, which is a ludicrous trade because Paul George is clearly better than those two. And he was also traded in a trade for, with Tobias Harris for Christian Wood, an absolute throw-in because you could say Harris and Wood are basically equivalent. So his value is all over the place. Like it's really low in that Harris-Wood deal. It's really high in that Fred Van Vliet deal. It must be really high to make sense in a Paul George deal. It's all over the place. So find, I guess the, the takeaway from this is finding a Russell Westbrook fan in your league, if that's not you, and seeing what they want to offer. Others won't value him at all. They'll have no interest whatsoever. They'll offer you jack shit for him. 
others might offer a good player. And I think that's probably the um I think that's probably the the takeaway here from Russell Westbrook. Now, I do want to introduce a new segment. I'm always trying to improve the show and change things around. I don't know if this will be an everyday thing, and I do want you guys to participate in this. But this is um shout out to uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue on the Dunked On podcast. They do this from time to time and they call it Watfo. And that stands for what are the fucking odds? Right? So and then uh, I thought, okay, that's a good segment. They've done that for about a year. And then they went back and they looked at some of their past ones and they're testing it out using a scientific scoring system called the Briar Method. This is pretty interesting. I'm interested in this. I reckon there's some things that I can throw out here and do predictions and revisit them later on. So I'm going to do this. I might do it every day. I want you guys to contribute as well. If you've got a Watfo that you want to throw out, throw them in the YouTube comments here below and we might put it in tomorrow's show. But today's one to start things off, I want to look at what are the fucking odds that Miles Bridges finishes with a higher category league ranking with the way that I do my category league rankings. You know that I don't include turnovers and I do put some weighting on things just to make what I think is is a good way of doing it. I'm not going to cheat on this. What are the chances that Michael Bridges, Michael, Jesus Christ, Miles Bridges finishes higher in those ranks on a per game basis than Maga Porter Jr.? At the start of the season, I would have told you 0%. Right now, I'm telling you 55%. Porter, his lack of free throws, the lack of increase in usage is hurting him. Bridges is playing like five extra minutes a night, and his efficiency has been through the roof. I think there's a 55% chance that Miles Bridges finishes this season ahead of Maga Porter Jr. So drop your next Watfo in the comments below, but also, what are you, what are you, what's your chances of this happening? Drop that down below as well. New segment. We'll see how that. We'll see how it goes. See whether we stick with that. Well, uh, we probably will, but we'll, we'll we'll see. So let's have a look at the top ads and top drops in fantasy leagues over the last twenty four hours. Two blokes at the top, both see Anthony. Carmelo Anthony was up thirty percent. I guess that's for streaming today. If it wasn't for streaming, good luck to you. He's not a twelve team league guy. And then Cole Anthony was up twenty point five percent. I think that's a really solid ad, at least for this short term. It might last. This short term might last three months. He's a solid option. Alex Caruso up 15%. A lot of people super interesting, uh, super interested in steals, obviously. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's that's something I guess a, a little bit interesting there, um, but not much more than that. While uh, your mate Hassan Whiteside, the world. he's up 13%. Now he's blocking a lot of shots and getting a lot of field goal percentage, and I guess a lot of those ads were to stream him in today. Kevin Love's up 12%. He's playing well. He's probably still more 14-team league to me. While Doug McDermott and Finney Smith are up 12% each. And again, that's probably more streaming. They are not must-roster 12-team league guys. In fact, McDermott got hurt today. Cam Reddish up 10% and Franz Wagner up 9%. I think they're absolutely fine as 12-team league ads. And then we'll uh, and then we'll figure that out and see how that changes down the track. In terms of the top drops... Marcus Morris down 12%. He absolutely should be dropped in all 12-team leagues. Malik Beasley down 11%. I don't think you need to hold on to him. Neman Yabir-Litsa down 10%. He played like under 10 minutes again today. Clear drop. Larry Nance down 9%. Easy. Kyle Anderson down 9%. Easy. PJ Washington Jr. down 9%. Yep, drop him in 12s as well. The Iron Shoulder, Goran Dragic down 7%. Easy drop. Thad Young. Played three minutes today. He shouldn't be rostered in any 12-team league anywhere. While Nicky Claxton down 6% as well. Um, yeah, he is a, he, he's a drop to me in that situation. So I, I agree with all of those top drops. I think 
all of them, um, all of those guys need to be uh, moved on from in 12-team league. So let's now, oh, actually, should we do this? No, let's let's go in and do this uh, Do this now because it's time for me to tell you about sweat block. You might know either yourself or someone in your life that suffers from excessive sweating. It's a real pain in the ass. In fact, maybe it's a sweat in the ass. Sweatblock is the product that you need to help reduce that excessive sweating. They have the dry shirt guarantee. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. How good's that? This product's been around for ages. It's the most the, the best thing to use is the wipes. You wipe them on at night, go to bed, wake up the next day, and you're ready to go. And it covers you for up to seven days. But it's not just your chest. Or it's not shit. It's not just your armpits. It could be your chest. It could be your back. It could be a sack. It could be your crack. It could be your feet. It could be your legs. It works everywhere. And I'm supposed to like wink and nod and tell you it works everywhere. Mate, put it on your ball sack. It'll work if you have a problem with sweaty nuts. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. They're probably going to tell me off with this ad. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code um, locked on, and you can save 20%. It is also available at Amazon and CVS. So just get your sweatblock and see how good it actually works. All right, look forward to losing that sponsorship. All right, on to the first game of the day. We have got the Philadelphia 76ers. They took on the New York Knickerbockers, and Joel Embiid was questionable heading into this game, but he ended up um, he ended up playing. Didn't play particularly well, but um, yeah, he did. He didn't. He did try again. He did end up playing. The Knicks just had this one covered pretty early on. Um, Toby Harris had 23 and 9 with 9 assists, which is a massive surprise. Shot well. He was really, really good. Well, Embiid just the 14 and 6. Now, Embiid has struggled a little bit to start this year. Only 30 minutes a night as well is a bit of a concern. Is it a bit of a buy-low? Maybe, but I'm just worried that every game there's something wrong with his knee. That is a concern, of course. Danny Green has turned it on the last couple of games. 12 points, 4 threes, 2 steals, and a block. I'm not saying that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy because he isn't. But he does have that value to streaming. While Thibel had one steal, two blocks, just doing what he continues to do. And Seth Curry, we talked about him on the Sell High Show, how that shooting was going to fall off. Well, he had four points on 33% shooting. He was, what, uh, 0 4 from 3? This shit always happens. Like, when someone's shooting that level... Now, he is an excellent shooter, of course, but he's a three-point streamer. That is it. He is not, in my opinion, a must-roster 12-team league guy. It was a bit of a stinker from Tyrese Maxey, who had 7, 2, and 3 on 33%. I would much rather have Tyrese Maxey than Seth Curry at this point. The upside is just higher. When a Simmons situation is resolved, Maxey probably dies in the ass and doesn't have that 12-team value anymore. But when that when we get to that spate, stage, yeah, that's fine. We'll deal with it then. But for now, he's a hold. Andre Drummond made some good plays and some just absolutely idiotic plays. That is what he does, though. Six and nine for Drummond with two assists on 40% shooting. He just continues to be one of the most infuriating players in the NBA. Well, Nyang had 13 points with three threes in his 22 minutes. Now, onto the Knicks. We were ready to eulogize Kemba Walker. Well, he had 19 points in 28 minutes. Five triples, five assists, two steals, and a block. That's vintage Kemba. It didn't come on insane shooting, 46% from three. Didn't come in insane minutes, 28 minutes. It's really encouraging. He's a clear, clear hold. Let's hope it continues. While the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier, had 18, 2, and 4, and 4 threes. He's been really good. In fact, he's a top 50 player this year. It was an incredible steal. I thought it like pick 110, pick 120. I don't expect him to be this good as we continue, but this is encouraging. Well, Julius Randle, the old double royal, if I could find the sound... Like we talked about him um, the other day in terms of he's going to have a drop off from where he was because he was averaging 2.3 blocks. Well, he had zero steals, zero blocks and attempted zero free throws and shot 39%. Like this is going to happen. He's not going to maintain that top five value that he was. He's down to number eight after today's game. He's still good, 
All right, 16, 11, and 7, but they're going to be more of these games coming up, I would expect, rather than those gigantic ones he had to begin the year. Derek Rose was pretty solid as well, but only 20 minutes with Kemba playing well, 13 points in 20 minutes. Well, it was a uh, pretty bad night for Mitchie Robinson. He did get into really early foul trouble, but ended up with 29 minutes. He had 7 and 6 with no blocks. 100% shooting is nice. Now, he still remains a rosterable guy, a must-roster guy, in fact. But it is frustrating. While RJ Barrett, right? If you utter any criticisms of RJ Barrett, any Knicks person on Twitter, uh, you just say you don't watch the games, he's only in year three. But it's the same shit every time for this guy, especially from a fantasy point of view. 12 and 7, one assist, zero seals, zero blocks, didn't get free throws, or when he does get to the line, they're not that great. Only 40% from the field. He's the 167th ranked player. He's just never been a good category league player. It doesn't look like he's on track to necessarily be a good category league player this year. This is not to say he hasn't made strides forward, because he has. He's definitely improved. But yeah, a lot of Knicks fans will act like it's a completely egregious statement to say that maybe this guy isn't yeah, a future all-star and multi-time all-star like they seem to think, which is fine. They can support their guys. But we've got to have perspective on where he is for fantasy. Um, and he just hasn't taken any steps forward so far this season. There's a long way to go. I would, I would suggest holding in a 12-team league. But I don't know if he's going to be a top 120 player. I, at this point, I'd say he probably isn't. But yeah, I, I will hold just for a little bit of time to see what goes on. Let's go on to the next game, the second game of the night. Look like the Thunder. We're going to get the ups- upset here against the Warriors. But in the end, Golden State wins it. 106-98. Um, in the end... Golden State's good to get out with a win on the road by eight points. Steph had 23-6-4, very far from his worst night. While we were talking about Draymond saying, get some defensive stats, my guy, let's go. He did it here. This is the Draymond line. Eight, nine, and eight with three steals and a block. He was one of two from the line. This really helps to get those numbers back up. Andy Wiggins was also very good, apart from the 60% free throws. 21-4-4, three steals and a block I loved. While Jordan Poole shot horribly, but added seven assists and two blocks. To me, Poole is a clear must-hold player. He's still a top 100 guy this year, despite how much you think he's struggled. He's still been top 100. 29 minutes is more than Damian Lee, which is always a key focus there. Now, Lee played great. 20 points with four threes, and Lee is a 14-team league option. But Poole is still worth it. Iguodala returned. Um, He played 19 minutes, while Otto Porter just the 17. Otto Porter's rostered in far too many 12-team leagues, while um, Kevon Looney hasn't got over 20 minutes in any game so far this season. Uh, by the way, and I talked about it already, Nemanja Bielitsa, two points in eight minutes. That opening night uh, mirage may have been uh, just that, a mirage. On to the Thunder. The Shea Gildas-Alexander panic, I'm sure, is settled. 30 points in 36 minutes, four threes, four assists on elite efficiency. His true shooting was 71%. Those last two games have been great. And they decided to start Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Now, I've mentioned on this show many times, I I said, I think late in the year, you're going to get some starts from Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I didn't think it would come in game three or game four. He looked good. 12 and five, two threes and a steal. You give me those numbers every night in 27 minutes, then you're a 12-team league guy. But Derek Favors wasn't here. So do they just keep saying, well, let's just keep going with Robinson Earl? Or does Favors come back and cut into that? Isaiah Roby played two minutes in a game that Favors didn't play. The complete... Movement off of him has been astonishing to me. Robinson Earl's ahead of him. I I would probably start favors, but to be honest, I might whisper this. I'd, I'd start Robinson Earl over Baisley. Baisley continues to be dreadful. Baisley had seven points in under 20 minutes in this game. He had a steal and a block, but he's just not good. He's just he's just not good. 
And that opportunity he had last year to establish himself, he blew it. And I don't think it's coming back. Joshy Giddy only had seven points in 27 minutes, but a triple one, nine rebounds, four assists. He remains a must-roster player in every format. While it was a better game from Pokyshevsky, nine and four in 18 minutes, but I still don't think he's worth a 12-team hold. I'm just going to drop this one as a, a blanket statement. Get that garbage out of here! For the next two guys. Darius Baisley, gone. Lou Dort, gone. Do not hold them in 12-team leagues categories. Points leagues, Dort is fine. Hold him in a points league. He had... Yeah, not the greatest game, 19 fantasy points. But I would still hold him in a points league. In a category league, there's just no point. And Basie, I wouldn't even worry in a 12-team points league. These guys are just not... Um, they're just not particularly... Just not particularly good. Dort's a really good defender, but he's just not a particularly good fantasy player. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the better way of, um, of phrasing that one. Let's go on to game number three. The Los Angeles Lakers. In the end, it took overtime to get past the Spurs without LeBron James, 125-121. Anthony Davis, at the end of regulation, banged knees on a jump for a rebounder from his free throw, and he was down like, holy shit, he's torn his ACL. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. Oh, how terrible. And then he was up on the next play, jumping and contesting. He has, and this is not an insult to Anthony Davis, an extraordinarily low pain tolerance, but an extraordinarily high recovery ability. Some people are like that. It's to do with you know, nerve and nerve receptors. You can't control that shit. It's not being soft or anything like that. Pain is pain, man, and you feel it. But the amount of times that he goes down, and it's the worst thing in the world, and oh my God, he's going to be dead, and then he's up and playing around, is astonishing, and it's just got to be pain tolerance. He was great, 35 and 17. No threes, though. Four assists, four blocks, um, getting 17 boards, playing next to Westbrook's good, and Westbrook was good as well. 33, 10, and 8 with three steals. But that's what happens. When LeBron's not there, Westbrook can do more of his own thing. He was still shit from the line, but 56% from the field, 27 field goal attempts. That's a ton from both him and Davis. They took 58 field goal attempts combined. Um, yeah, obviously not obviously not ideal. Eh, not ideal just in terms of depth and the amount of players that they did have out uh, in this one. Um, but yeah, it's it was uh, it was good for them to at least... At least get that win after uh, yeah, ha- having LeBron there and, and being down. They gave up some pretty big runs in this game that uh, it was just good to see, well, for, for Lakers fans anyway, it was just good to see them getting uh, getting that victory. Malik Monk started for James, played 39 minutes, was a, an absolutely ridiculous plus 31. He had 17 points with four threes. He's an interesting stream guy, I think. While Jordan had nine, nine boards and two blocks and Howard had eight boards and two blocks. That's streamable. Right, in these games that LeBron is out, for sure. That's streamable if you need big man stats. Kent Bazemore had two steals and a block. He'd been a, you know, pretty slow on the steals, but he, he can be a streamer for that. While Austin Reeves, I thought, played all right. He's not a fantasy option, but 10 points with two threes in those 30 minutes. While Kamalo Anthony, who I said earlier, people have been adding him like crazy. He had four points in 30 minutes. He is not a 12-team league player. He's a 14-team league guy. Maybe not even but he's not a 12-team league guy. On to the San Antonio Spurs. DeJounte Murray was excellent. He was unbelievably good. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 15 assists. His assist rate has been super impressive, and he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. That is just an astonishing game. Now, if he didn't shoot 38% from the field and 25% from the line, 
for a true shooting of whatever it was, 41%. It would have been much better. And my boy, Jakob Pertl, was great as well. 27 and 14 with a steal and three blocks. He shot 77 from the field, unfortunately, one of five from the line, but he continues to be excellent. Top 50 player so far this season, Jakob. I'm just most impressed that Pop is giving him like those 40 minutes a night, or, you know, 38, 34. When you, in the past, it'd be like, oh, can we get 29 minutes out of Jakob? He's really established himself. Lonnie Walker was great here. We can look at the 21 points and go, yeah, came on 70% shooting, but I'm impressed that he got six assists. I look at him more as a 14-team league guy. I would be interested in yeah, taking a flyer on Devin Vassell over him. Vassell had 19-7 and seven with five threes, two assists, and two steals. It helps that Doug McDermott was out, but they also played both Lonnie and Vassell over Keldon Johnson. Johnson had some fouls, but just didn't play well. 11 points in 23 minutes on 20% shooting. Now, he'll be better than this. Calden, but you know that I don't think he's necessarily this great building block piece. He's not a very good category league player. I think you'll want to hold him in points leagues for sure. And in category leagues, you probably do want to hold him, but um, you know, he, he's not as good as sometimes the hype would lead you to believe. Let's we'll phrase it that way. Cause some people get super hyped, man, huge break. He's, he's not that good, right? And if Vassell plays better than him, if Walker plays better than him, if Bates Diop plays better than him, he's not that good that he just deserves all these minutes um, given to him at all times. McDermott had four points in 17 minutes. He's not a 12-team league guy. Well, Thad Young, just the three minutes there. Um, again, if McDermott misses time, which I don't expect him to, but he could. But even then, look, you want to just develop these young guys. Vassell's been quite up and down. He's not quite a top 150 player this year. I just think there's a bit more upside in him than Walker because he got two steals, he had seven boards, he hit five threes. I really like what he can do. If you want to take a flyer on someone because of the struggles of Calden, because of the direction of the Spurs, because of the injury to McDermott, Vassell's fine, but there will be lots of ups and downs. And most of the time, there will be downs and he's probably not worth it. In a 14-team league, I would grab him. It was a shit knife from Derek White, let's be honest. Seven points in 32 minutes. He did have a triple one. He did have six assists, but he shot horribly and he didn't get to the line. So overall, I would say it was a little bit of a disappointment for Derek White. The next game, we look at the Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Mavericks get it done in the end, 116-106. It didn't really feel like it was that um, it was that much of a blowout, 10 points. It, it felt closer. Eric Gordon continues to play at a solid level, 22 points in 27 minutes with two steals and a block. I like him as a 12-team stream. I don't love him as a must-roster 12-teamer, but that's solid. Well, it was a solid game from Daniel Tice as well, 15 and 10. That's his best game of the year. Cousin Kev. Continues to be infuriating. 13, 5, and 8 is all right. It's not great, but it's all right. Two threes, two steals, 40% from the field. Got a tech, of course. Hit uh, free throw at the end to bring those percentages up. Like, that's all right. It's not great. He People still ask me whether they should drop him. No, you should not. Jalen Green, there's going to be these games. Like, it's just going to happen quite often early on, especially 10 points on 16 shots. And then he's he's got to be able to substantiate it with something else. But you know, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks is what leads to him dropping off. Of course, he is must roster. While it was probably Shengun's worst game too, five points in 14 minutes with two steals. I am holding him. It's a roller coaster with the wild thing. In fact, it might be just a wild thing time. Six points in 27 minutes for Jay Sean Tate. Three rebounds, one assist, one block. That's a shithouse game. He's had some good ones. He's had some bad ones. I think he's fine in a 12-team league. But there's really not much upside. Daniel House played well, and then he sprained his foot. He was in a walking boot on the bench, so we worried that that might cost some time. That could be good for, say, KJ Martin and for Nwaba and for Tate and Eric Gordon as well. While the crucifix 
Christian Wood had 16 and 17. Now, unfortunately, he didn't hit free throws or his field goals well and blocked no shots. Not the best performance from Woody, but he still remains a top 50 player on the season. For the Mavericks, Luka Doncic had 26, 14, and 7 with two steals and a block. Didn't shoot particularly well, but good to go 100% from the line. While the burner, Jalen Brunson, 28 minutes, 11, 4, and 11. Burner, burner. Brunson's having 12-team value at the moment. I would look at him as fine to have without being must-roster. While Reggie Bullock, your mate Jason Kidd doesn't think he's worth more minutes, but he had 16 points in 17 minutes, and he just needs to play more. He's an interesting 14-team league option. While Finney Smith had three blocks, but not much else, and Dwight Powell had two steals and a block. He is a steals option only. Well, it was a pretty empty night for Tim Hardaway. 16 points is good. Zero assists and two rebounds is bad. Two steals is good. So it was a little bit all over the place. He probably, well, probably he does deserve a 12-team league roster spot. We're going to talk about Puzingas in a second, but let's talk about Jason Kidd playing 15 men. 15. Three minutes for Moses Brown, five for Willie Cauley-Stein, three for Frank Nilakina, four for Trey Burke, four for Josh Green. And this wasn't just garbage time. This was throughout the whole game. Your mate Jason Kidd is a dickhead. Um, let's talk Porzingis. He was dreadful. Like, he was just bad. 20 minutes, 9 points, 20% shooting. And then he had to leave the game and didn't return due to back stiffness. And then yeah, Kid was asked after the game, is he okay? And he said he's fine. I, I don't trust anything that Jason Kidd says. He's also, yeah, he's a dickhead. Um, something's not right with Porzingis. We thought that he looked good in preseason. Not we thought. He did look good in preseason. And he's looked terrible so far. I'm holding him. I'm buying very, very low. People hate Christos Porzingis. This guy's a bum. He's useless. He's, he's shit. He's dreadful. They hate him, right? So you can get him for very low value at the moment. Try it. Don't pay too much. Try it. But he's got to get better than this because he, he just was not very good at all. And I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's being too harsh. But I tell you what is very good, and that is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar comes in a an array of flavors. Um, raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, coconut, salted caramel, mint brownie. And it's also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, um, 130 to 180 calories, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You can get these bars for 15% off. If you head to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at built.com, and you get to save 15% on Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, so let's take it on to the last game of the day. That was the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. The Jazz win at 122-110. Of course, the big story here is uh, Big Chungus. Nikola Jokic played 15 minutes. He was the game's leading scorer in those 15 minutes. 24-6-6. Six six. Excellent start. But then, of course, he banged knees with Rudy Gobert and didn't return to the game. Came out at halftime to test it and then went back into the locker room with a knee contusion. Now, we hope it's just a bruise and it's fine. We don't want it to be a bone bruise, but we just don't know at this stage. Do not trade Gobert away because you're panicking. It doesn't look like there's going to be any sort of structural damage or anything along those lines, but a bone bruise can keep you out weeks. We hope it's not that. We hope it's just a bruise and he's ready to go next game, but we don't know that. But it also just brings into that consideration that people are like, well, you've got to take Jokic at number one, which you absolutely did have to take him at one, and that's something I talked about all the time. But the basis of doing it because he doesn't get injured is just bullshit because anyone can get injured at any point. And that's that's always my point on this stuff. Um, let's hope, fingers crossed, that he's all right and he doesn't have to miss time here, but that's not great. Aaron Gordon started out well, ended with 20 points, seven rebounds, 34 minutes. That's really good. Of course, he hasn't been really good all season. I still, look, if Jokic misses time, I'd consider adding him for the short term, but that's about it. Barton, Will Barton, 21-4-3 and three in a triple one is great. 
He was holding his wrist a couple of times, though, so I worried that he's banged that out. He is a must-roster 12-team league player, Barton. Um, probably 10 teams as well. Monty Morris also scored well, 19 points with four assists, more of a streamer than anything else. Well, let's talk Maga Porter Jr. 39 minutes is encouraging. 13 and nine, three threes, two assists, two steals, 28% shooting, no free throws. Another disappointing night. Now, I have supreme confidence that Porter's jump shot and three-point shooting will come. That's, I feel like that's a given. Him getting to the line, him getting significantly more usage, they just don't seem to want to feature him. And that's their prerogative. I don't think those things are necessarily coming. But I do think this is a massive buy low for Porter, who's not a top 100 player this season. Um, because again, he's a guy that it's very easy for people to hate him. You might think there's reasons for that. And they might be justified reasons, whatever they are. But it doesn't change the fact that people don't like this bike. It's like when I talked with Porzingis. People love piling on, especially when they're struggling. And psychology is a part of fantasy basketball and part of trading. So someone drafted Michael Porter Jr. And they go, oh, I wasted a second round pick on this anti-vax asshole. And he's playing like shit. Everyone hates him. People will say this. People will have this reaction. Right? They'll be like, I just want this asshole off my team. I can't deal with this. I heard someone say that with Porzingis. You just can't deal with this headache. You've got to get rid of him. Should I drop him? I can't deal with it. And people will say that about Porter. Uh, maybe because he doesn't have the vaccine, his teammates aren't giving him the ball. Maybe. But you're also just inventing reasons to be angry. So when these things happen, when a confluence of events happen where, where a bloke sucks, where there's plenty of reasons for people not to like him, where he's a divisive figure, you go in by low. You, you, offer, you offer shit for him. Like you, you don't offer much at all. Offer his teammate, Will Barton. The shooting will come around. Right, the shooting will come around. I mean, he's not going to be shooting 28% or 30% from three or whatever it is. It'll come around. I talked about how it would drop off from last year. Not like this. So just have a look at that. No boner, unfortunately, today. No bones Highland action. Um, the stiffy did not get into the game after playing well yesterday. Surely this six minutes of Austin Rivers and 19 Faku Compasso minutes. Why did I say that? Like? Compasso. Why did I say that way? That was weird. Um, Faku Compasso minutes. They're just bullshit. They're not giving us anything. At some point, Malone, I know you're a stubborn old prick when you got to go there like these coaches. I love my old players. It doesn't matter how shit they are. They're old and that's what matters. At some point, just play the dude who's good. Play the dude who fills the gigantic gaping hole Giggity. in your offense. Someone who can score and create for themselves. It's not Austin Rivers. It's not Faku. They can be as good as they want and as veteran as they want and as leadershipy as they want. Kids cover your ears. doesn't mean fuck all if you can't score or get others involved. I don't give a fuck if he's 19 or 20. You got to, At some point, you've got to do it. It might take two months. The writing is on the wall. The writing's been on the wall for months. But coaches are so stubborn with this shit. It's frustrating. Anyway, on to the Jazz. Don Mitchell, 22-2-6. Uh, yeah, pretty solid game. Well, uh, the big fella, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Horrible free throws, 56% where he went, uh, what, four, not four, so nine of 16. That's horrendous. Killed you there, but 88 from the line, 23 and 16. The block is pretty good. Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 19 and three. This is a Clarkson line. 19, three and one. No steals, no blocks, three threes. Great scoring. 
nothing else. That's what he does. This is what Clarkson does. That's why he can't really ever be, I don't think, considered a top 100 player. He's a fringe guy. You, you do want him in a 12-team league because of his scoring, but the upside there is just basically non-existent. Bogdanovich had 15 in 29 minutes. While Conley was good, 15, 2, and 5, as was Jinglin Joe. 13, 5, and 4 for Ingles with three threes, a steal, and a block. Ingles, to me, is a streaming 12-teamer, not a must roster, and he's more of a 14-team league guy. He just moves into the, uh, into the top 200 after today's game. Hassan Whiteside got ejected, because of course he did, but still not bad numbers. 10 and 4 in the block. He is providing streamable 12-team value. That's not to say he's a must-roster guy, but getting 70% from the field with a block and six or seven boards has its uses on certain teams. It's not for everybody. It's a great stream option. He was a great stream option today, and that's how we have to approach fantasy basketball. All right, let's move and talk about the top players from today's game. Number one, this is a nine-category league um, situation. Number one was Anthony Davis. Two was Doncic. Three was Westbrook. Four was DeJounte Murray. Five was Steph. Six was Toby Harris. Seven was Nikola Jokic playing just 15 minutes. Um, eight was Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Nine was Kemba Walker. Hello. And then number 10 was Shea Gildas-Alexander. In terms of blokes who are rostered in under 50% of advanced leagues, Number one was Lonnie Walker, then Eric Gordon, who... Uh, Walker's fine to stream for points. Gordon's fine to stream as well. Jalen Brunson, I think, is probably worth a look in 12-team leagues. Daniel Tice uh, comes in at number four. I wouldn't be adding him. Dwight Howard, that white side sort of role. Monty Morris, not caring. Danny Green, streamer. Damian Lee, 14-teamer. Devin Vassell, 12-team ad. And George Niang, yeah, just a deeper league situation. And then for points leagues, the top performers go Anthony Davis, DeJounte Murray, Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic, Jakob Pertl, who was brilliant, Toby Harris, Andy Wiggins, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, and then Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to drop your Watfo down below in the comments. And subscribe while you're there. Hit the thumbs up, leave your comments, share it with your friends. And on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the old Odyssey app, give it a uh, rating, review, all that stuff. Share it with your friends. Guys, I'm done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.